I'm Tyler Coker, and I'm your host for today's episode of Today with Tyler. I hope you enjoy. The next divisional breakdown is going to be the AFC North, and of course we'll begin with the Cincinnati Bengals since they are the reigning champions. So their key free agents are going to be Riley Reef, their right tackle, who did have some injuries this year, uh, Larry Ogunjobi, their DT, CJ Uzoma, their starting tight end, Vernon Hargraves on their corners, Jesse Bates, safety, Eli Apple, the corner, Jordan Evans, the linebacker, and Quinton Spain, the guard. Well, they're not all extremely important. Um, Jesse Bates is going to be a must resign unless they really want to draft, but the safety class is not strong enough to even slightly arouse that. So they have some important um, free agents that they need to resign, and it's going to be interesting contract to watch with Jesse Bates because he is going to have a lot of competition in the open market if they let him hit it. So their offense doesn't have to worry about um, quarterback. Joe Burrow is being argued to be top five right now and while that is partially recency bias, he is absolutely top 10. Um, Their wide receiver room is young, it's talented, and very good. Um, With Joe Burrow throwing to him, they're even better. Jamar Chase uh, won Offensive Rookie of the Year. He was my favorite for most of the year going in. Uh, He just found success immediately and even has success up against one of the best corners in the NFL. So Chase, Higgins, and Boyd are all starting caliber wide receivers, and it's a really successful one. They have an insane passing game, but their running game isn't as strong. Uh, Mixon is an effective back, but they do struggle with numbers. They are a pass-heavy team, but are 27th in rushing yards per attempt at 4.0, and they have no solid running back two option, and if they are given the ability to, they should probably find one. Mixon isn't my favorite running back in the NFL, but he gets the job done. But in the end, I would like to see them increase it a little bit more, and that'll mostly come with their O-line. Their O-line is where the problems really lie, and we all know that. PFF ranked them 20 in the NFL, but When you're playing playoff caliber teams, as they will be, you need better than 20. That's basically 32 for them. Uh, They're ever so slightly above average at run blocking, but they were the second worst pass blocking unit in the NFL, which hurts them when they are a pass-heavy offense. Uh, They were only ahead of Chicago, and it's not what you want from from a team that has such a good quarterback like Joe Burrow, who has the ability to go deep and has the ability to make really good decisions to get through his reads. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do to combat that. Um, the left side of the line kind of found its groove. Uh, anything from Quinton Spain at left guard needs to be replaced. Anything to the right. Um, nobody on that side even got a PFF grade of 55 on the year, which is embarrassing and worrisome. 55 is one of the worst grades, not one of the worst grades, but one of the worst starting grades I've seen in PFF just because Normally, if you're 55, you wouldn't play. You simply cannot block at that point. Uh, the Bengals should not accept starting Riley Reef, Hakeem Adeniji, nor Trey Hopkins next year. They need a complete reset on the right side of the offensive line. Their defense um, was pretty good. Their secondary allowed an average of 6.6 yards per passing attempt, but teams were willing to test their secondary and keep attacking, where they allowed the six most passing yards per game with 250. It's not ideal, especially when your center fielding safety, Jesse Bates, is a free agent at the end of the season like he is now. Um, CJ Awuzie was a breakout star at corner, but 
he doesn't have any backup. Letting William Jackson III go, and he went to a zone team, which is stupid because he's a very good man corner, but horrible at zone. And they brought in Eli Apple, who is an embarrassment and got roasted on national television for the Super Bowl. So I think they know where their problems lie in the secondary, and it would be nice to get a replacement for Eli Apple and Vernon Hargraves and all these secondary corners who just aren't good enough. So Roger McCreary might be nice, but... In the end, they need to find a man corner, maybe Tariq Woolen out of UTSA. Find somebody who's really good to be able to back up CJ Wouzier and make sure that they're good. Uh, their linebacker core is tragic and needs a complete makeover, which is surprising because it feels like they're always drafting linebackers. Uh, Logan Wilson's pretty good, but Jermaine Pratt and Marcus Wilson are below average as linebackers and it shows in the rushing yards per attempt allowed. They need to completely reset the position if they really want to be a good team when the Browns and Ravens are actually healthy because they are run-first teams who want to run it in your face and will. So I'd be worried if they couldn't get any more linebacker depth. So don't be surprised when they go looking for linebackers as well as offensive line this year. Um, the Bengals got really lucky that the division was weak. The Ravens got hurt a lot. The Browns got hurt a lot. And the Steelers are falling off. But... It's not going to be like that every year, and they really need to up it not only on defense, but the offensive line as well, so they have a lot of work to do if they want to be able to repeat winning the division, because while they are a very talented team and can get really hot, they have a lot of issues to be able to show off those talents in the postseason. I wouldn't be surprised if they even miss the playoffs next year, just because if the Browns can hit their full potential and the Ravens can hit their full potential, it's going to be really hard to find a wild card spot as the Bengals, and it's going to be even harder to win the division with two powerhouses in the AFC being in that division. So an ideal draft for them might be Nicholas Petit-Frere, the Ohio State offensive tackle. While he's not great, as I've said before, he is better than what they've got, so anything is necessary at this point. Uh, in the second, they'd be happy if Chad Muma was able to fall, a linebacker out of Wyoming. Um... In the end, it probably won't be him. It might be someone like uh, Christian Harris out of Alabama. He's a raw linebacker prospect who would fit in pretty well and have a lot of room to grow, which is very good because the whole team is young. And so Christian Harris would fit right in. And then the third, I had Rashid Walker of Penn State. He is an offensive tackle as well, who was a first-round talent before the season, but ended up falling to the third and almost the fourth. So Rashid Walker has the potential to be a first-rounder. So if they can take someone who is projected to be in the first and bring them up to that potential, they're going to have a really good tackle. And if not, you can always move him to guard. And same with Nicholas Petit-Ferrer. So in the end, I think they should definitely target offensive line, but don't forget the secondary and don't forget that linebacker core. Because while their D-line's good, they really struggle elsewhere. So that's for the Bengals. I really want to see what they do because they had so much success this year. They can build off it, or they can kind of let it hang in their heads and not build off it. So thank you for listening to the Bengals. Uh, the next ones will still be the AFC North, and thank you for listening. I hope you'd enjoy. The Baltimore Ravens have the potential to be one of the best rosters when healthy, but unfortunately this year, we didn't get to see them healthy at all. So let's break down what they can build off from this season since they had so many injuries, it's hard to tell whether they were even good or not. Their key free agents, they have a decent amount, is Calais Campbell, their edge rusher. 
Brandon Williams, their DT, Sammy Watkins, one of their wide receiver depths, Patrick Ricard, their fullback. I wouldn't be surprised if he resigns just because no one really uses a fullback. Justin Houston, the linebacker, Anthony Averett, their corner, Tyler Huntley, their backup quarterback, who was actually surprisingly good, and Bradley Bozeman, their center. So a lot of free agents. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of them also resign just because the Ravens are a good team and have a good thing going, and people don't really seem to like leaving Baltimore. So I wouldn't be surprised if almost all of them stayed, except for maybe Justin Houston, but that's mostly because he's old and probably may not even get an offer. So that being said, let's get into the actual team. Lamar Jackson deserves better, but he was undeniably in the MVP conversation until he got hurt, and so they didn't really have any worries. He can throw, we found that out. He can run, we already knew that. I'd be worried as they continue to get better as a team that he's going to get better as a quarterback since he already won the MVP. Uh, their wide receiver core is improving, but it still needs help, a lot of help. I would like to see another wide receiver added since... Um, Yes, I do love Rashad Bateman, and Hollywood Brown has kind of shown a little bit of flashes of good wide receiving, but in the end, they don't really have a true wide receiver one yet. We didn't get to see much of Bateman, and Hollywood Brown still isn't great. He hasn't lived up to the Hollywood name, so I would like to see them add maybe a bigger guy. Someone like Drake London out of USC would be great, but is that realistic with what they actually need? Maybe not. Um... If Watkins leaves, they really don't have much depth either, so they certainly need to keep building off this team and keep improving that wide receiver room because while they are making steps in the right direction, they haven't found immediate success yet, and so they need to keep building. Uh, luckily, it's not as burning of an issue as some of the other teams that had a wide receiver one because they have Mark Andrews at tight end. Mark Andrews is one of the best tight ends and one of the most reliable tight ends, and in the red zone, I would rather die than try to fight him. He is fantastic, and without them, without him, the Ravens would struggle a lot and would have won significantly less games than they already did. The running back room, unfortunately, we didn't get to see this year, but it's a good one. They have a lot of good running backs. J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards are both really good running backs who we just didn't get to see because they were hurt. So they don't have to worry about the running game with Lamar. Edwards and Dobbins, they have a lot of potential and a lot of potential for success, but their O-line is a real issue here. Ronnie Stanley is hurt, but he still struggled mightily when he was playing. Alejandro Villanueva is also really bad and just kind of needs to retire. He's a little too old now. Um, Tyre Phillips also struggled, but their O-line shining stars were Bradley Bozeman, who was a free agent, and Kevin Zeitler, who anchored the line, and they were the only effective projectors for Lamar Jackson. So, O-line is going to be one of their biggest needs this offseason, purely because they don't have a good left tackle. They need a lot of help, and they need a lot of tackle help, and so don't be surprised when they go looking for someone like Trevor Penning. Their defense also saw a ton of injuries because that was kind of the theme with the Ravens this year. Um, on their depth chart, they had so many injuries that you can't even see the names of people like Marlon Humphrey, who was one of their starters, and it was proof that this unit was rocked with injuries. Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphrey are both really good, so it'll be exciting to see them come back and get healthy for a year. Um, unfortunately, Anthony Averett didn't really take advantage of the opportunity where they had both missing corners out, but luckily they will have two returning good corners to be able to save them. Uh, their safety lineup is also pretty good when healthy, so 
once again, the health really does matter in how the Ravens do. Um, they didn't suffer as many injuries in the box, but they still lost Derek Wolf and two nose tackles over the course of last season. They desperately need to bring back Justin Houston or some other sort of outsider to linebacking help, but their linebacker room is almost complete, so luckily they don't have to move too much. Houston, Josh Bynes, and Tyus Bauer, Bowser all did extremely well this year, but the only hole was Patrick Queen, who got a 42.3 PFF grade. And while PFF isn't perfect, a 42.3 is a 42.3. That's not good. So they do have some areas for improvement on the defense, but most of it is getting that training staff to be able to work and getting an offensive line for Lamar Jackson. So with that being said, I have their positional needs as offensive tackle, offensive guard, linebacker, corner, and wide receiver. Those are the top five. And then an ideal draft would be if Charles Cross from Mississippi State falls, I could see them drafting him there. He would be fantastic as a left tackle. Um, but more realistically, I could see him drafting Trevor Penning or Kenyon Green. They're both O-linemen who are more likely to be able to be around in that 14 spot where the Ravens are sitting right now. And they're both really, really good talents. So I kind of am undoubting that they're going to go with offensive line to be able to fix. Uh, in the second, I have him taking Lekitus Smith, the Virginia Tech guard. This is a little bit throwing off the whole idea of positional value. This is more me just trying to get the best O-line I can for Lamar. I wouldn't be surprised if they went wide receiver here and went waited until the fourth to get a guard because the fourth is kind of the hot spot for guards lately. And then in the third, I have Brian Osimo, the second, the Oklahoma linebacker, and Khalil Shakir, the wide receiver from Boise State. So I, especially with that Khalil Shakir pick, I could see that changing a lot. Uh, not only because it's a third round wide receiver, but also because I could see him taking a guard here instead and going with a second round wide receiver like Jahan Dodson or Romeo Dubs or David Bell, someone who's going to be able to go and make plays. Uh, if Drake London falls, I absolutely want them to draft him. He is perfect. He fits a big wide receiver role, which they don't really have yet. So the Ravens have a lot of potential. And if they're healthy this year, it's going to be worrisome for the rest of the NFL. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed breaking down the Ravens. And thank you for listening. The Pittsburgh Steelers are a failing team, which kind of makes me happy to say. But... Let's get into it and see what exactly is failing and what still has a lot of room for success. We'll start with their key free agents. Joe Hayden in the corner, Juju Smith-Schuster, their wide receiver, Trey Turner, their guard, uh, Terrell Edmonds, their safety, and Robert Spillane, their linebacker. So not too many, luckily, but they're pretty important. Let's get into their offense. It's going to be a rough ride, though, because Big Ben was terrible and he didn't deserve any of the fanfare he received when he finally left Pittsburgh. Um, luckily, his play did back up his personality. Terrible and disgusting. Um, they'll be in the market for a quarterback, whether that's Malik Willis, whether that's Kenny Pickett, or a veteran quarterback, since they like to pretend that they're a Super Bowl caliber team who a veteran quarterback would bring to the Super Bowl. Uh, there's no promise they draft a rookie, and I wouldn't as a Steelers, at least in the first. Um, they were 30th in yards per pass attempt, which was mostly because they just dumped it off to Najee Harris every time, but there wasn't much hope for revival because their wide receiver core isn't that good. It consists of Juju Smith-Schuster, who is not a wide receiver one, Chase Claypool, and Deontay Johnson. In other words, not ideal. 
Johnson improved a lot, I'll give him that, and he tried to step into the wide receiver one role this year. Unfortunately, the only real bright spots on the offense, though, were Najee Harris and Pete Fryermuth, their rookies. Fryermuth is a stud of a tight end, and Najee Harris is a great running back who will have success throughout his NFL career, whether that's in Pittsburgh or elsewhere. They need to get another wide receiver in an ideal world, but this world isn't ideal, and the resources should absolutely go to the offensive line. Roethlisberger got rid of the ball faster than anyone in the NFL, and the offensive line was still ranked 26th in PFF's rating system in the offensive line. That's pretty bad when you only have to block for just over two seconds. They can't block for run Najee, and they can't keep Ben upright for even 2.20 seconds. And the right guard Tri Turner did okay, but their center isn't terrible either. And even then, they were just okay. They were 26th. They need to reset their tackles entirely and get at least one more guard if they really want offensive production next year. Or if they want Najee to be of first round value since they did take him with the valuable first, over, first round pick. Their defense is a little bit more of an interesting story. Their secondary was a slightly above average this year, and their unwillingness to fix the corner position during last offseason really hurt them. Cameron Sutton, Terrell Edmonds, Minka Fitzpatrick, and not even Joe Hayden could hit the PFF grade of 64, so they were really relying on TJ Watt to generate all enough pressure to stop the pass attack entirely. Especially disappointing was Minka Fitzpatrick, who showed the potential of being an absolute stud, but really didn't live up to the hype this year. The rushing defense was literally the worst of the league, allowing 5 yards per carry, which doesn't help that they're in a run first division, but still, that's pretty bad. Having one of the worst rushing defenses is impressive, especially when Steelers fans were arguing that they were the number one overall defense coming into the NFL season. That's a pretty bad turn. Um, TJ Watt is most likely the defensive player of the year for a long time, and Cam Hayward is an all-pro, but after those two, there isn't really a proud spot in the box. Alex Highsmith and Chris Wormley had workable seasons, but the rest of the box in Henry Mondo, Devin Bush, Robert Spillane, and Montrevious Adams all had terrible seasons. The Steelers are one of the more bleak futures in the NFL if they can't really get it around, and I wouldn't be surprised because they do have Mike Tomlin who has done a pretty good job with the Steelers so far, but they do have a lot of work to do. So their top five positional needs to me are offensive tackle, quarterback, defensive tackle, linebacker, and guard. And an ideal draft would perhaps be Trevor Penning, the Northern Iowa offensive tackle who's very athletic, Desmond Ritter, the Cincinnati quarterback in the second. Uh, he kind of fits that Big Ben role of not throwing it deep, but keeping it short, but then he would bring an offensive weapon in his rushing. And then in the third, Logan Hall, the Houston defensive tackle. So I would really like to see them progress as a team, but in the end, their division's getting really good and they are falling off. So with that being said, I want to see what they do this year. I want to see how they can work with not having a quarterback, not having an offensive line, not having a passing game, not having much of a defense either. I want to see what Mike Tomlin can do. I want to see him step up to the challenge and make this team work. I think it'll be impressive. And in the end, he is in a hard division, so he does have that excuse. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed the NFC North. The next team we're going to focus on is the Cleveland Browns, who were also one of the more injured teams in the NFL 
and are quite divisive. People are either really high on them, like myself, or are really cynical on the future of the Browns. So let's break it down and see the where we can find points for each side. Um, their key free agents are going to be Jadavian Clowney, an edge rusher, who is really good at stopping the run especially, Chris Hubbard, an offensive tackle, Malik Jackson, the defensive tackle, Anthony Walker Jr., one of their linebackers, uh, David Njoku, their tight end, Rashard Higgins, one of their wide receivers, Ifedi Odenigbo, edge rusher, Malik McDowell, defensive tackle, and Dearness Johnson, the really good running back depth. So a lot of free agents that are of very different positions that will mostly need to be re-signed. Um, the important ones are going to be Anthony Walker, Jadamian Clowney, uh, at least one defensive tackle, Chris Hubbard, and I would love to see Dearness Johnson come back, but I would also like to see him be able to thrive as an individual back, so either way, I think he wins. So let's go into their offense, starting with Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield is probably the most divisive thing on the already divisive Browns. I personally feel that he was wronged by Kevin Stefanski and the Browns by making him play through those injuries and making him really just look horrible. But in the end, he will be back next year, and I want to see him prove it, because he was really good the year before, and in the end, I do think he's a good quarterback. And while he wasn't perfect this year, he was pretty good until his injuries, and they probably shouldn't have played while he was injured. The Browns also need a lot of wide receiver help. Jarvis Landry is pretty good, and Donovan Peoples-Jones shows flashes, but in the end isn't all that, and Anthony Schwartz hasn't had the season that I or Cleveland hoped, but he still has a little bit of potential since he's so fast. Um, they desperately need a wide receiver one, since even when Odell Beckham Jr. was there, they didn't really seem to have a true one. So I want to see him get a wide receiver, and that's honestly their biggest need to me. Their tight end room is kind of funky, since they all have a lot of potential and are pretty good, but none are really deadly threats or a true tight end one. Uh, but their rush attack is where they kill defenses. They're number one rush, rushing offense in the NFL, and that's with the injuries to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt throughout the season. Even in their absences, Dearness Johnson and Demetric Felton are starting caliber running backs in their place, and that just shows just how powerful they are at the Browns. Um, they should continue to lead on the run game, especially considering their eye-watering 5.1 rush yards per attempt, which is insane, as well as the second-best run-blocking offensive line in the NFL. 5.1 rush yards per game is eye-watering, and really, it's hard to beat that, especially when you know they're going to run the ball. They didn't pass very much, yet defenses still couldn't stop Hunt and Chubb, Johnson and Felton. That's pretty impressive. Their O-line isn't perfect, because they're the third-worst pass-blocking unit in the NFL, although injuries did also play a part in that. Even then, Jedrick Wills really needs to continue to develop if the Browns want to have any passing element that's successful. He struggled mightily with pass blocking, despite being a really good run blocker. Um, especially amazing are the Browns' offensive guards, who were both top 10 guards throughout the entire NFL season. If the O-line needs any help, it'll be at the offensive tackle position, but they don't have to worry too much because they do have a lot of room to develop for Jedrick Wills. Their defense um, was pretty deadly. The Rams' free agent signings before they were hurt proved to be very good, which I had expected considering they were both very good players. The Browns were the number two passing defense in the entire NFL, uh, second only to the Buffalo Bills. 
Rookie Greg Newsom II had quite the rookie campaign, and he took a great spot at cornerback two opposite of Denzel Ward, who had, yet again, another solid season. If they want to improve the secondary and gain run support, they could use a strong safety to replace Ronnie Harrison Jr. Uh, he definitely had the roughest year of the secondary, but in the end, it wasn't horrible. Uh, they did get a sack on just under 7% of their snaps, which is the 10th month in the NFL. Not shabby, but they should be thankful that their secondary is so good they can kind of have a less effective rush attack. Uh, they were slightly above average against the run, and that's mostly due to the lack of interior pressure that they had. Miles Garrett is one of the best edge rushers in the entire game, and Jadavian Clowney is one of the best run-stopper edge rushers of the game. So, really, they're left to dry without any sort of defensive tackle help with Malik McDowell and Malik Jackson both earning PFF grades below 50. Once again, that is horrible. That allows defenses to double-team one of the star edge rushers, or maybe even two of them, and they weaken the impact on the game. Miles Garrett is very commonly double-teamed, and a DT would really change that. In terms of linebackers, uh, Jeremiah Wusukaramona, Carl Koromoa has become the star everyone thought he would be pre-draft, and it makes me regret my team affiliation each and every day. I'm very sad to see him do so well outside of Washington, but I'm glad he's doing well because I do end up liking JOK, and he really proved everybody wrong. Anthony Walker and Sion Takitaki both had good seasons as well, marking a really solid linebacker core with even more upside than they already have. Their defense will only get better with improved interior pressure, and they really need to keep Clowney or sign another proven edge rusher to really give themselves a chance at regaining their standing with a healthy roster, because the Ravens are coming back, and they're coming back strong. So, I hope you enjoyed this, and let's get into their potential ideal draft and their positional needs. So, their top five needs to me are wide receiver, defensive tackle, defensive end or edge rusher, strong safety, and then offensive tackle if you want to get a developmental piece. So an ideal draft would be something like, in the first, they could pick Garrett Wilson, the Ohio State wide receiver, or if he's not there, Chris Olave, the also Ohio State wide receiver, um, Drake Jackson, the USC edge, in the second, and then in the third, Logan Hall, the Houston defensive tackle, and later in the third, Kirby Joseph, the Illinois safety. Uh, I wouldn't be mad if they went for another defensive tackle in the third, but I picked a safety just for variety and to maybe see if Kirby Johnson, Kirby Joseph would fill out. So hope you enjoy. Uh, I'm really excited. And as a special part of this episode, the first interview. So I'd like you to sit back and enjoy an interview with uh, an actual Cleveland Browns fan since they're kind of hard to find. I'm not going to lie. But enjoy the interview with Tanuj Basu. Thank you. All right. We got Tanuj with us. Hello. Um, the, what do we go? The, the real Browns fan. Real, right. I'm a real Browns fan. Okay, I uh, grew up in Cleveland, so Browns, Cavs, Indians. I'm fans of all of them. Guardians. <laughs> oh, I forgot that they're the Guardians now. But uh, regarding the Browns, I'd say people are too quick to hate Baker Mayfield. <laughs> he was uh, he was injured the entire year. Well, not the entire year, but halfway through the year, he was injured. That's when we started losing games is for some reason Stefanski chose to keep him as our starting quarterback even though he had a torn labrum. And I feel like that really affected his performance and decision making, especially 
he hesitates a lot in the pocket. Yeah. Like, uh, if you look at his previous, like, if you look at 2020, he was a much better at deciding who to throw to and when to throw. Now, he always hesitates. He doesn't go to his first read, like, ever. And if he does, he overthrows, he panics, he underthrows a lot. I mean, there's a reason why OBJ left. I mean, if you look at the tape that OBJ's dad put out, I mean, there's there's reasons that OBJ had to leave, and they make sense. But I don't think Baker Mayfield's a bad quarterback. He totally turned around our franchise anyways, uh, especially going from a, what was it, 3-13 and 13 year to... Uh, to six and ten, which is like okay, and then to a eleven and five season, which, as a Browns fan for my entire life, I never would have expected. Eleven and five—that's ridiculous. I wasn't even expecting us to be over five hundred. But um, this year was definitely a disappointment. I feel like Baker got injured. We need we need better play calling too. Um, Stefanski was making a lot of bad decisions, not yeah. running Nick Chubb enough. And Nick Chubb totally carries our offense. We need way more. For <laughs> we, and Kareem Hunt got injured, so that's why we suck. Our defense actually stepped the hell up in the second half of the season. Yeah. But our offense couldn't produce anything with a broken Baker Mayfield and... Case Keenum, the unfortunately highest paid backup in the league. Well done. So this is a total Browns moment, but I have I have hope. I, I really do have hope. Uh, I hope yeah. Baker comes back and proves the haters wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you guys have a pretty good future. It's just you guys got really hurt this year. Yeah, and if we get if we get like in terms of the draft this year, if we get Garrett Wilson. Oh. Maybe Jameson Williams, one of the two, or Alave at any of those receivers. Any good receiver would really, or not a good receiver, a good wide receiver one would yeah. really elevate our offense. Give someone that Baker can throw to because Donovan Peoples-Jones is not shaped up to what no. I thought he would be. He's much better as a two or three option. And losing OBJ was a huge loss. We should have freaking traded him. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't know why you just him. him. But, um, yeah, if we get Garrett Wilson, our offense will definitely be elevated. If Baker can get back to his form in 2020, that'd be really great. I think we should draft a late-round quarterback or trade for a better backup just to, like, light the fire under Baker. Yeah. Kind of like how uh, they did for Aaron Rodgers with Jordan Love because that kind of, like fueled Aaron Rodgers to playing like an MVP, which he did. Yeah. So I think we kind of need to do that as well so that Baker doesn't get comfortable. Not that he is comfortable with yeah. every Browns fan hating his soul. Um, but yeah, we, we definitely need to upgrade at quarterback. If, if Baker returns to his old form, that's perfect because I feel like he's the face of our franchise right now. Mm-hmm. Our defense is great. We need to re-sign yeah. Jadavion Clowney. I was going to say, do you think Clowney are re-sign? Yeah, we definitely need to. Um, maybe not as much money because he's not like, he's not Miles Garrett. Yeah. But he is still like a really important piece to that defense. And the, our corners are insane. We need uh, We need better backups on our O-line though. 
because yeah. once our O line, our like starters go out, our starters are the like the best O line in the league. But then once they go out, which happened this year, we go to like it's rough. The worst, not the worst, but pretty bad. Where even Case yeah. Keenum is forced to run, <laughs> <laughs> which is not a beautiful sight. No. Um, Baker running was also not a beautiful sight, but it was slightly better. Yeah, at least he's tough. Yeah, I mean, he did play through a torn leg. Yeah. Which made people hate him, but at least we had, like, we have playoff hopes for the future. Um, we definitely need to keep Case Keenum as a quarterback, or as a backup, but much less payment. (laughs) Much less payment. Restructure that contract. Yeah. Um... Uh, yeah, that's pretty much it that yeah. I can think of. Uh, defense is re- pretty good. Uh, Greg Newsom was like the highest rated cornerback of a rookie. Mm-hmm. And uh, Denzel Ward is the most underrated cornerback I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, everyone kind of forgot about him because he went to the Browns. Yeah, but he's like one of the best cornerbacks in the league. He's so underrated. He's so good. He, we need him. Yeah. He's. I, I'm pretty sure we restructured a contract or we signed him for something. Hopefully you extended. I hope. Yeah. I hope we. I hope we did. We better have. Cause I need him, <laughs> and I love him. He's my favorite player because he's also Ohio State, and I would love another Ohio State receiver because that just fuels my ego. Uh, when we picked Donovan Peoples Jones, I was like. Fuck. Can I say that on this podcast? Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, crap. Uh, I don't really want a Michigan receiver, but then he, he kind of he was good. Yeah. But this year, when we needed him as a wide receiver one, he just did not show up. Yeah, I was high on him at the end of last season, my first yeah. NFL breakdown. So this year, it's like... Yeah, and we definitely need a first receiver. Jarvis Landry, we should keep him just for, like, that veteran receiver. But yeah. definitely, we can't... Either we keep him at a low contract or he goes to another team for our, the money that he deserves because we really can't afford too much for Jarvis because he's a great player, but he's kind of, like, old. Yeah. Uh, compared to, like, our, the new young receivers. This is the fastest draft class of the entire, uh, since, like, 2003 or something. Stupid. Like, that's crazy. So, yeah, keeping a veteran receiver like him would be really great for the incoming receivers, the young ones. Yeah. Um, but if we have to let him go, we have to let him go. He's been great for our franchise. And tight ends, we franchise tagged uh, Njoku, which I'm fine with. I like that move, actually. Njoku is really good. We just need Stefanski to actually hit him more. Seriously. Um and the, our other tight ends are good, too. Uh, Hooper and Bryant, they're good. Uh, we just need to... We just need better play calling, to be honest. Because yeah. even with Case Keenum, we could win games. Mm-hmm. If our play calling was good. Because Nick Chubb is that good at the game. And if our online is healthy. <laughs> well, that can be it. All I right. think that's it. Yeah. Thanks for joining us. No problem.